You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 7, Episode 54. This is Writing Excuses, four ways the industry is changing. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart I'm Brandon. Still. What? <laughs> <laughs> we're still not that smart, okay. is yes. what Dan was saying. Okay. Um, the reason we do this, we... we, we People ask us about this a lot. And when I said, okay, we're going to do this to the panelists or to the podcasters, they all groaned um, because we get asked this so much. But I do think it's important. Remember the context for this particular podcast, um, this particular episode. It's not that we're saying this is us foretelling the future or this is what you should do. No, these are things that we are thinking about right now as professionals. This is our business. Thinking about this, I feel a shift happening here. It may or may not inform how we actually work for the future. It's just shifts that we feel happening underneath our feet um, that we find curious. And we're going to start with Mary. Oh, good. Um, so one thing that I'm noticing, I think that we are uh, in a trend where we are starting to trend out of fantasy and into science fiction as being the, the top genre between those two. And that, um, that steampunk is, has been part of our process of going mm -hmm. from, it's, it's the transition phase. Mm -hmm. um, there, there tends to be long uh, cycles in, in fashion and, and mm -hmm. what people like to read is basically a fashion. Yeah. And we, we, 
swing from you know science fiction through fantasy. In the larger context, what this is is a swing from uh, the natural to the artifice and back again. Right. Uh, artifice being represented by science fiction, natural mm-hmm. being represented by elves and and urban fantasy and fantasy in general. Yeah, uh, and, I would and, not be surprised if in the next five years we see another big science fiction tentpole, yeah, a and, new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could call Avatar that already if you wanted to, since they're doing sequels and things. But I see some sort well, of good space opera. We're kind of already seeing point. that with yeah. Hunger Games. Right. Uh, yeah, this Hunger shift Games. towards science fiction, I think, is kind of spearheaded in part by the YA market right. mm-hmm. with... Scott Westerfeld's Uglies, mm-hmm. and now The Hunger Games, and this kind of big dystopian wave that has mm-hmm. brought science fiction back. From a literary standpoint, what would you say that our last science fiction tentpoles were? Uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. From, I'm, but from literary, I... Well, oh, Asimov. Yeah. I mean, Bradbury. The, okay. It, this, the, I, I see the, if we look at the consumer thing, like this, this, the 70s sort of was this big height of science fiction, coolness, and it, it trailed behind... Um, the literary, by a ways. The, the, yeah. And then we hit the film wave of fantasy trailing behind, because fantasy and literature became very big in the 80s and then became dominant in the 90s. Then late 90s, early 2000s, we saw the film wave and it hit the general media. Um, and now it's kind of following the same thing with dystopian. I think Mary might be right. I kind of feel a, a hole in the, like, the good space opera sort of thing. I think um, that's one reason that Scalzi is taking out so much yeah. right now. And Paolo Bacigalupi, yeah. um, you know, with his uh, wind-up girl, he, you know, part of it is it's a really good book. But part of it yeah. is he tapped into the zeitgeist. Because one of the yeah. things that science fiction also tends to do is that it tends to reflect our fears about Mm-hmm. Uh, what is happening? Uh, you can look at the you know the golden age of science fiction, and that is you know n- there's a lot of uh, the atomic right. things because we mm-hmm. were thinking about the the bomb, um, and then s- cyberpunk right. tends that anti corporation and exactly that was mm-hmm. when you know Reaganomics was big mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, yeah, and so I think that that's part of the reason we're seeing a lot of dystopians right now is that because the environment is such a big right. topic right now, and also because genetic engineering is such a big topic mm-hmm. right now. I think that's one of the reasons that those things are starting to trend. But I do want to say that just because I can look at it and go, hmm, I think this is what's happening, that when people talk. Uh, cautioning you not to chase the market. Yeah. This is exactly what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> um, I can look at that and think, hmm, okay, I may want to, of the vast number of projects that I want to write, I might want to bump one of my science fiction ones up a little bit higher. Right. But if I had no interest in writing science fiction, it would be silly of me to write it because my, my guess is just a guess. Right. Yeah. Don't write science fiction just because we're telling you it's getting it's getting more popular. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dan. What's okay. yours? The thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, kind of a trend toward supplementary materials, uh, which mm-hmm. you'll see a lot. My partials deal that I have with Harper actually the initial deal included write a bunch of extra in-world documents that we'll use for marketing, and so I wrote them. They actually haven't used them yet. Um, they may have by the time this comes out. And then uh, after the book came out and was big, they came back and said, we actually want a novella. Uh, they want we, an in-world partials-related novella that will come out kind of as a bridge between the first and second books. And you can see that a lot. Um, yeah, it, Sean and McGuire actually put up a bunch of supplementary stuff for the Newsflesh series mm-hmm. on her website, mm-hmm. um, an alternate ending to one of the books, things like that. 
Uh, people are putting up free short stories on their blogs or are selling them as uh, little things online. Now that the internet has made it so easy to publish little things like that and distribute them, you're seeing them all the time. Right, and I think the way the business is shifting is the business is starting to expect them. Yeah. Dan mentions that my initial, um, I, I sold Steelheart recently, my, my YA book, and most of the deals included a, we want you to do a novella that we will use for marketing between books. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just part of the contract now. Whereas early as just like last year, it was they hadn't put that in the contract and they had to come back to you and ask for it. Um, yeah. And yes, people have always been doing bonus material. Since the beginning of my website, I've been putting up bonus material. But I think it's becoming more and more expected and it, we're shifting toward it a lot. A yeah. large portion of my revenue stream mm -hmm. comes from stuff that is not the comic you know the the patches and the dice and the calendars and the mm -hmm. board game and the the t-shirts and and all these sorts of things and i know that ancillary merchandise uh has been out for a long time but i am always looking at those things in fact yeah. when mm -hmm. uh, back in 2004 when uh, uh captain tagon died uh the idea of uh issuing shirts to the company um that had his silhouette as the logo that was a merchandising ploy on my part, so I could sell you the shirt, and I sold a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> a lot of t-shirts. Okay. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, um, let's go ahead and just stop for the book of the week right here. Um, La- Last Light of the Sun, is that how it's called? Uh, yes, by Guy Gavriel Kay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, um, one of the things that I love about him is that he writes things that are, are like history, but with the serial numbers filed off just a little bit. Yeah, they're, um, they're wonderful. They're wonderful, and he does really good job with characterization um, and world building. This one is basically uh, taking Vikings mm-hmm. and filing the serial numbers off. It's, um, you know, it's a beautiful coming-of-age story. It's uh, interesting magic system, political intrigue, and, and some good fight scenes. Yeah, definitely, by my money, the best writer in epic fantasy is Guy Gabriel Kay. For all the fact that most of his books are not series, most of them are standalone. He does have a few series. Um, but um, the, the best world builder and storyteller you're going to find. Um, and he's just a, an amazing writer. Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Head on out there. You can start a free trial membership. Lasts for 30 days. You can get a Guy Gavriel K book for free and another Guy Gavriel K book for 30% off. And that would be a really, really good use of that, uh, that trial membership. All right. So, Howard, what is your th- way the industry is changing? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, uh, and hit, the, hit the hot button that, that everybody's been talking about. And I'm going to name it a little differently. The shortening of the value chain. Okay. Um, for a long time, the the market has been built around the author who sells to the editor, uh, who sells the publisher on the idea, and the publisher sells the books to the distributor, who sells the books to the retailer, who sells the books to you, the yep. reader. Um, and we have entered a world in which, uh, through the power of the internet, uh, whether it's an ebook or like I do with uh, you know books that I print myself. Um, the author can sell directly to the reader. Now, that is the most extreme example of the shortening of the value chain, but it is happening in lots and lots of different ways. Uh, The fact that publishers sell directly to Amazon, who is in turn a retailer Mm -hmm. uh, selling to you, that is a shortening of the value value chain. Um, I am not going to suggest that the shortening of the value chain is is necessarily the rule or that... uh, uh, or that it's going to, you know, change publishing forever or anything like that. 
but you need to keep an eye on it because there are lots of companies that are in the middle of the value chain mm -hmm. that are scrambling to make deals, that are hungry, that are excited to do business with you. Right. Um, and and you can you can take advantage of that. And that I mean that's not just that's not just for just for authors. We're seeing it in comics. Yeah. We're seeing it in software. We're seeing it all over the place. It's something to keep an eye on. And. Uh, it's a major shift in the way that the internet is forcing us to do business. Yep. Um, and as you said, it's across all different types of, um, you know, of, of industries. If you make whatever widget and you can have a storefront that sells that widget, suddenly the, all the little subsidiary storefronts become slightly less important to you. No, I mentioned the Schlock Mercenary board game. Yeah. In the board game business, uh, the designer pitches a game idea to the game company. The game company manufactures the game and sells it to Alliance uh, Distribution, who sells it to game stores, who sell it to customers. Kickstarter has made it possible for a game designer to design a game, uh, put together a little video, throw an idea in front of people, and ship them the game right away. Right. But... but. Go, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, and that's what we did with the Schlock Mercenary game, except... I worked with a game company, and the game company put up the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and when the Kickstarter funded, the game company went to a distributor who was very interested in, you know, in having a piece of this action, so there's still four people in the value chain. It's not just me selling a game directly to you, it's me recognizing that I don't have the experience to make you a game. I want to lean on some of these other people so that the game you get is really good. Yes. So, but um, one of the things to recognize is that this is something that is going to continue to change. Yes. And one of the things, one of the reasons it is working right now, the way it is working, the way it is working so well, is that there is um, there's not that much material out there compared to how much there could be. Yeah. And I think. And the question is, where is that bubble? How big will that bubble, bubble get? get? Has it gotten as big as it's going to be or not? Right. Um, and these are, you know, um, as, a, as a team, we generally feel like we kind of walk down the middle line. There are people who talk about ebooks as the second coming. Uh, I mean, it's just like this is going to <laughs> yeah. empower authors. It's, the, it's a be all and end all. And there are some good points there. We do not believe publishers are going away. Either is the thing. And so there's this line for you as a listener to watch is you want to publish in the next five years, we assume. Mm -hmm. You got to be watching these things to decide where on this line you stand, how much you want to aggressively pursue publishers, whether you want to take the I want to publish this myself and try and build up an audience and then sell to a publisher. This, these are all choices you have to make. I'll, yeah, I'll say, thing... sorry, I'll, I'll say this. If you are of the opinion that uh, all self-published stuff is crap mm. or that all publishers are evil, or all agents are blood-sucking leeches. If you, yeah. if you harbor any of those ideas, you are doomed to make a bad decision. Because none of those are true. Correct. None of those things are true. Uh, there, are, there, is, there, there are bad ebooks, and there are bad agents and bad publishers, but these have always been the case, and what you need to recognize is that the truth is far more complex. And, and one thing to understand also, I think, about how the current model arose, because it will also affect your understanding of how the next model arises, is that the current model arose because it served the need of the consumer. Mm -hmm. That there was a niche that 
that consumers needed something and people were like, I can make money by fulfilling that need. And one of the things that consumers need is they need someone to weed out to, to serve as a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that is a review site, whether that is um, a publisher, whether that is a bookseller, whether that is, you know, the friend word of mouth, whatever that is, that that's something that's something that we as readers right. need because there's yep. so much information out there. And the the person who figures out how to monetize the link between the creator, which is the product, and the consumer, that's the person who's going to fill that niche. And right now, it's possible for the creator to do that all by themselves because there isn't so much that the audience is overwhelmed. But I think that is the piece that I look at and mm. think it's going to change. How it's going to change exactly, I don't know. Right. All right. Let's do the um, the last of the four things. And this dovetails quite well together. Um the uh, the idea of self promotion and marketing by the author is in a state of a uh, quite a bit of flux and change right now, um, and a lot of people talk about the concept that so much more is demanded of the author than used to be demanded of the author, which I don't agree with. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to keep going? No, go I'll... ahead. Um, well, I think that the author has always needed to self promote. Okay, um, and that there have been a few authors every generation that publishers have thrown money behind and Mm -hmm. and really promoted but the vast majority of their stable they're like well let's see if you stick you're on your own what's changed i think is that there is more available for the author to do okay Um, and this can be a bad thing and a good thing yes Mm -hmm. it can demand so much of your time that you don't end up writing um i actually had a little bit i might have had a misconception in this area uh personally i was talking to a group of you know the kind of the a core stable group of the self-published crowd. Um, very reasonable ones. These are, the, these are the people who are in fantasy right now trying to, you know, get above the water. And some of them are doing a very good job mm-hmm. of it. Some of them are still kind of, you know, if we above the water meaning make a living at the writing. Right. Some of them are actually doing a pretty decent job of it. Others, you know, they sell a thousand copies a year. Not quite enough to, you know, uh, to be going full time or anything. Um, but I was talking to a group of them and I had heard pitched at me time and time again that the idea was pick a platform do the Joe Conrad thing. You pick a platform, you do a blog that ties into the platform, you make it very readable. It's kind of what John Scalzi did to, to get famous. You, um, and then you have a product to sell them, which happens to be your book. Your, your, the way that you're doing this is not, everything's not about selling your book. Everything's about being interesting in a way that relates in some way to your book. And I had assumed this was the big method. They told me I was wrong. Hmm. They told me that they have found a lot of people trying that and the success to, to failure ratio is much um, much lower there. Um, the, the meaning there's a lot more failure than the simple spend that same time writing three books, which was always the good wisdom in um, trying to get published. Mm-hmm. Write three books and, and rather than putting everything into, into this one. They say that's still the way self-publishing. They're finding that the people who write three books in general have a better chance of going professional than the person who writes one book and creates the platform. It's just the one person who creates a book and a platform and the platform gets big, we hear about it because they have a platform. And those mm-hmm. are like the very most dynamic successes. And this is the, the self-marketing thing. We see how, how well the self-marketing works for someone like Joe Conrath or John Scalzi. And we say, wow, that's the way to do it. But if we never write, we're going to be in trouble. I am a great example to not hold up as an example because 
I created a website for a single intellectual property, mm-hmm. Schlock Mercenary, and it took off to the point that I'm able to make a living off of it. Yes. Okay. That's uh, in terms of authorial careers. That's not a great example because the number of folks who have tried the exact same thing in uh, in prose, in web comics, in film, who have failed, is far higher than the number of people who've succeeded. And I didn't try it twice. I tried it once, got exceptionally lucky because the idea was right and the execution was right, and and I got lucky. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead with the writing prompt. Um, so one of the things that I keep saying is that I think that the people who are looking at the way the writing, that the, the uh-huh. future of writing is going, is that people tend to go, we're in a car, where does it go? And, <laughs> and that, that instead you should be going, um, we want to get to Rome, how do we get there? So what I want you to do is figure out the way you would like the future of writing to be, hmm. and then write a story in which we get there. Oh, awesome. All right. It's been writing excuses. You have excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.